Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I am honored to have Charles James II with me. Uh, Charles is a NFL veteran, a hard knocks, the TV show celebrity, and the one of the reasons I'm excited to highlight his story and I think a message you're going to take away is whatever it is that you can dream and you want to achieve, as long as you're willing to put the work in, you can get there. And so, Charles, thanks so much for being on today, my man. Man, I appreciate you for having me, man. It's a blessing. You bet. So growing up in Florida, I would imagine that sports, I mean, pretty much out the womb are just something you're going to get introduced to, whether that's football, basketball, track. But just talk about as a little kid, you know, uh, getting introduced to sports and kind of the beginning days of getting to play. Man, so uh, I started out Pop Warner, played for the Grand Park Trojans. Man, we had like a super team. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean, we were the Kansas City Chiefs before the Chiefs were the Chiefs. <laughs> We were the Patriots before the Patriots were the Patriots, you know what I mean? But man, we had a we had a a, a nice um pop on the team. Uh Ronnie Meyer was my head coach. Um I was small, but I played like receiver, corner, running back, tight end, you know, pop wanted, but you can play pretty much anything. O line, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh I started out that way. And the thing with me, football became I became so like fascinated with it just because you know, the people my age at that time, I wasn't playing with them. I was playing with the older, bigger kids, but I was yeah. able to do things, you know what I mean, and still be able to hold my own with them. So I became fascinated, fascinated with that. Like, I wanted to always play with the big kids, my brothers and stuff like that. So they used to call me Little Barry Sanders growing up, but I kind of took that and ran with it. And, um, <laughs> man, you know, football was a thing I, I love to do, man. I played barefoot in the middle of the street, you know what I mean? Yeah. We used to have called hot ball. Um some people used to call it kill the man with the ball and they throw the ball up in the air. You, you know, it's like 30 of y'all running, trying to get you like, you know what I mean? Football was everything. And, and that's what, that's what we did. And, and I had so many people, you know, to, to look up to, um, you know, and, and watch them play. You know, I was a big Jaguars fan growing up. Um, yeah. So I was, now nah, I ain't this new age Jag. I'm, I'm not the new age Jag. I'm the Jaguars fan when they had Kevin Hardy, Tony Bracken, <laughs> Jimmy Smith, McCardell, Brunel. Yep. James Stewart, like I'm that Jaguars fan. So people yeah. are like, oh, I'm a Jaguars fan. Like, like, dude, you're a Ramsey Jaguars. You fan. don't know, yeah, you don't know. You don't know for real. But, but, um, yeah. So, so, uh, you know, I was a Jaguar fan, Florida Gator fan. Back when they had, you know, Jaquez Green, Redell Anthony, Kiwan Ratliff. Like, you know what I mean. So, still a Gator fan, not a Jaguars yeah. fan anymore. Maybe later. Uh, but, um, but, but, yeah, man, football was the was the core of my life and it's just something I just love to do and it, it took me took me a lot of places I love it now as you're growing up uh eventually you know you go to high school and there's a lot of opportunities a lot of different high schools um in Florida but you go to Mandarin and that has a you know strong football presence so talk a little bit about you know being surrounded by great players that I think you know a lot of your teammates end up going to play you know high level d1 football and even some of them in the NFL yeah. So when I went to Mandarin, man, it, it was it's kind of crazy because my homeschool was Range High School. And so I went to Rebalt Middle, but I used to get in a lot of fights mm. because, you know, for whatever reason, you know, I get <laughs> fights or whatever. So my mom didn't want me to go to my home school at the time, which was Range, because Range was right next to Rebalt, like she wasn't doing that. Yeah. So, 
you know, I was smart enough. They had the magnet program. So that's how I ended up going to Mandarin. Mandarin was way on the other side of town. You know, we called it a rich area, whatever the case may be. You know, we just knew we grew up in the hood. Like, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't supposed to be going to that school, but I was smart enough. So I was able to get in. Yeah. Coach at the time, and which is one of my biggest influence, rest in peace, God, place the dead, J.D. Hall, Jermaine Hall. Mm. He used to come pick me up. I remember he came to my mama's doorstep. He got me from the Grand Park Trojans. He said, you know, I wanted to go to Mandarin High School. You know what I mean? He's going to give him a good education and I'm going to take care of him. And that's mm. what he did. Like he's the probably, if not probably the biggest reason why I am who I am today when wow. it came to this football thing. And like the biggest reason I'm so successful because he taught me a lot of things uh, when I got there. But moving along, man, I got there. Uh, we had guys like Kellen Lewis, who went to University of Indiana, broke all the records there as a quarterback. Gerard Sinclair, he was five-star. Um, Tony Carter, uh, he was five-star. You know what I mean? So our school was built off of, like, waiting your turn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, unless you just, like, had unbelievable ability, and even <laughs> then you had to wait your turn. Yeah. Um, I played, like, JV for, like, you know, my first year in ninth grade. Um, loved it then. Then I, you know, from 10th, 11th, and 12th, I went to varsity. Um, and I pretty much didn't get my shot to be that guy until, like, my senior year. And, mm. like, my junior year was okay, but my senior year, I really became the guy. I got to wear the jersey number I wanted, wore, you know, 21, uh, things like that. But it, it, it was kind of crazy because the recruiting process for me didn't look how it looked for everybody else. Because you know, a lot of guys, a lot of a lot of coaches were saying, "Oh man, he's too short." You know what I mean? You know, this that he's not big enough. That thing, and I was like, oh, "Like, you know, I'm not really trying to hit. It. I'm still a baller. Like, you know what I mean? I was still yeah. out there catching. Pitch, you know what I mean? I was still out there changing the game, return man, things like that. But you know, they was complaining about my size, so I didn't get the offers at all. I think one school offered me, and it was like Army, and I'm like, "I'm not going to fucking West Point." Like, <laughs> yeah, right. no disrespect, I'm not going to West yeah. Point. Yeah, but um. I ended up um I ended up getting like a couple like prefer like walk-on deals. So Maryland came along and they were like, oh man, if you go to uh if you if you go to what's the I think it was like a prep school, Hargrave military at the time, mm -hmm. you know, they would pick me up. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. So how I ended up like basically playing and going on to the like going going to college is like the weirdest thing ever. Yes, it is. So my quarterback at the time named Jordan Belser. He was going to Charleston Southern University. So yeah. I was sitting with no offers at the end of the year, at the end of everything. And he asked me, hey, man, where are you going to college? I said, well, shit, I don't know. Where are you going? Like, he's like, man, I'm going to Charleston Southern. I'm like, are they still accepting people? Like, you know. Yeah. So I remember I sent them my film. And the crazy part about it is, man, I was a grinder when it came to I sent my film to every school in the country. Yes. Like, I used to go mail out tapes. You know I was gonna I mean? say, like, and, was, and let's let's correct because in 2023 that doesn't sound like a big deal because we got huddle and we got different places where you yeah, just upload like, it and everyone sees it. No, you went to the you went to UPS and mailed that stuff out. Big shout out to my mama because, <laughs> like, you know, she would take me to the post office. You know, yeah. and mail this stuff out. I would go. So this is how I would do it. I gotta backtrack a little bit. This is how I would do it. I would get on the internet. I would go look up. Let's say Iowa State. First, first, first thing that come to mind. Iowa State. Going type in Iowa State athletics. Find football, scroll down, find a mailing address. Yep. Get the coach, add his name, send my highlight tape. Put it in the put it in the yellow paper, the, the little yellow uh envelope. Envelope. Yep. And I would make too many copies. Like it was almost like a burnt CD selling out the trunk. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm getting this thing out here. Like I'm pushing. 
Yes. I'm sending D1, D1 AA everywhere. Yep. Nobody was really responding. Central Michigan came on. They had a coach, and he tried his hardest to get me a scholarship there, but, you know, they ended up not, you know, really pulling the plug on me. They had somebody else they wanted at the time. Um, uh, and, and you know, Maryland ended up, you know, saying, hey, man, if you go to prep school, yeah, yeah, whatever, but that didn't work out. Uh, so, you know, nobody came. So moving forward, like I said, when I asked Jordan, where's he going to school? He told me where he was going. I said, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to come too. So then when I sent them my tape, they said it would accept me and I can get like a preferred walk-on deal. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. They won't give me no money, but yeah. okay, cool. Now I didn't visit the school, nothing. Like the first time I went to the school is when my quarterback went to the school. He hopped in his truck. I packed my stuff in his truck. Damn it, let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of South Carolina and don't know nothing about nothing, but I just knew I wanted to play football and keep going and hopefully somebody accept me. Yes. So that's, that's how I ended up, you know, getting with that thing. Yeah. So I, and I want to highlight this for people because once again, you know, you, you hear walk on and you're like, or preferred walk on, you're like, all right, well, that means, you know, dude showing up and might have a chance. And in that first year, I mean, you end up not playing in any games, right? I mean, take the red shirt and talk a little bit about that first year in red shirt. Man, my first year was probably the craziest, like, dude, like my first year was like crazy. Like, it was, it was, I came onto the campus. So first I'm thinking I'm going to be able to play. Then they say, hey man, you're academically, academically ineligible because of some qualification. I'm like, what the? So I'm like, here I'm at, I'm at, I'm at a school and I can't even play this year. I don't know nothing <laughs> about the school. Right. So I'm like, but then I turn around, the sick part about it is I turn around that, that year, I make the Dean's list. You know what I mean? Like I was getting good grades and stuff like that. But what I would do is, so I had a bicycle um, that I bought from Jacksonville. Um, and I would just go to the stadium, not the stadium's small as all get out. I mean, it's just like a one bedroom apartment, but whatever. <laughs> so I get there, I go to the stadium and I would watch them practice and I would watch them play. So I would be in the calf. Um, we had the calf, you know, where everybody come eat and stuff. Yeah. And, and I remember talking with a couple friends, um, and man, you know, like, I don't know, in Florida, we built off swagger dog. Like that's, that's, that's what we is. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. Everybody from Florida, they, from the from the Devin Hester's to the Edron James to anybody you meet from Florida, we got swagger. That's Antelope, yeah. anybody like you down down south, like in Florida, that we, we just got swagger. Period. Yeah. North Florida, South Florida, Central Florida, we got swagger. So I'm there in the calf and I'm talking over with some people. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. So you'll be able to play next year. I'm like, yeah, I'll be able to play next year. You know, you know, God will I be able to play next year and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm coming to play corner. Like, I'm not gonna break all these records. Like, you know, I'm going to the league. And a couple of dudes heard me. And they was on the like, oh, they was on the football team. Like, dude, like, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like laughed it off a little bit. I'm like, but y'all gonna see though. You know what I mean? And you know, I don't really play that. Like, I, that's that's cool. I ain't I ain't really too with too much talking anyway when it comes to showing you what I'm gonna do because I know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So the next year finally rolls around. I'm like tenth on the depth chart. Like, I'm I don't even know how they even did that. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. First off, I don't know none of these dudes. I watched a little bit. But I know for damn sure he not better than me. He not better than me. He not better than me. But it's cool. I guess yeah. I got to start where I'm at. Summer one, I kill the workouts. I'm in the best shape than anybody on the team. Summer B come when all the quote unquote high profile little vets whatever come, kill them. I'm, they they can't they can't touch me in workouts. I'm like okay, you know we get to camp. 
we get to camp, you know, they got Jordan on the, you know, they got my, my, my quarterback, um, Jordan Bell's on the depth chart. He's like third or fourth, but, you know, he's cool. Like, he's a little red shirt freshman. He's he's not really tripping. But I'm looking at me. I'm like, it's two cornerback spots, basically three, but I can't be on, like, my name is so far at the bottom. It's almost like everybody on there. And then, like, Charles at the bottom with a space, like, almost like just the guy who's here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I come there and I'm like, okay, yeah, like it's about to go down. Like I get there, first thing of pass, you know, I'm basically on scout team. I'm knocking people out, knocking the ball out of people's hands, talking shit. Like I'm letting you know I'm here. Yeah. Coach like, hey, you know, this is the scout team. You suppose I'm like, man, I ain't letting nobody do nothing. Like, you know, yep. if that's the case, I might not need to be playing. So I remember coach told me, offensive coordinator at the time, Gabe Gardini, who is now the head coach there. Um He's like, look, man, you know, you keep going, you know, fire them up, whatever. Yeah. You, know, you keep doing it. Like, we need you to keep doing this. That's the only way we're going to get better. But I'm like, I want us to get better, but I'm trying to be a starter. Yeah, trying right. to, I'm trying to pay for my school because I need a scholarship. I ain't playing for free. Yeah. So um, we get, we get, you know, as the week started going by, a couple guys got hurt here and there. But then next thing you know, I'm just making too many plays. So now I went from scout team to like I'm on the real team. And then now, you know, it's getting closer to game week. And next thing you know, Charles James is right there in the fold. I'm I'm second team. But then, boom, by the time that first game started to kick off at University of Florida, I'm the starter. So I'm so let's starter. so let's talk right before that. Coach Mills calls you in and says, Hey, we need to have a talk. And uh he makes a fun announcement for you. Talk a little bit about that moment. That's gotta give some goosebumps, just thinking back on it. Man, it's the crazy part about that is before I even get to that, let me tell you something. Summer one, when I when I when those dudes first came, uh when he, those dudes first came back, I didn't have a jersey. So I didn't have a jersey number. So I'm looking around like, what, like what, what number I'm supposed to have? Like, I got to have a number. So the only <laughs> number at the time was open was number one because the dude had just got kicked off the team. Yeah. So I'm like, I grabbed a piece of tape, grabbed a permanent marker, wrote my name on it, zip, put it up there. So Coach Mill called me in the office. Boom. Charles, what? I heard you've been at locker number one. Who told you to get that locker? I said, I ain't got no number. I told me to get that number. I got to have a jersey. <laughs> he was like, so you put your stuff? I said, yes. He said, okay, it's your number. I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's my number. <laughs> so boom, I get that. So the next time he when he, you know, he huddles the team up, um, you know, I was doing what I was doing in, in training camp and I was yeah. busting my ass, man. Like, you know, I really wanted to be a start. I wanted to prove myself and I wanted to, you know, show that I could be that guy. Yeah. Calls up, he say, you know, you know, I I I you know, he's like, you know, Charles, you know, he say it's it's crazy, man, because it do give you chill. You know, he brings me up. He said, Charles, you know, you've been working real hard, man. And I just want to give you something. And I'm like, it was out of the blue because, like, first off, it's hot. Hot as hell. Like, practice is, like, I'm already annoyed. Like, whatever. And he says, man, you know, I'm putting you on full scholarship. Mm. And it was, like, the best thing ever because people don't know. I had to take out $70,000 in loans just to go to school for that first year because Charleston Southern is a private school. I had yeah. to pay for summer one, summer B. And, you know, uh, fall and spring. Right. You know what I mean? I had to pay you out of that, out of pocket. My people ain't have no money. You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't have nothing. So we took out loans. Like, you know, my mama took out that, you know, loan for me to go to school. And I transferred over to myself. So it went to me. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather put myself in debt than put her in debt. You know what I mean? So, boom. 
student loan, seventy thousand. I'm already seventy thousand in the hole, so I gotta get that back. Yeah. Um, and he put me on scholarship, man. It was like the best thing that happened to me, but it showed me that I earned it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I earned it. I felt like I earned it in, in high school when I was playing, but I, I I definitely earned it out on that football field in college. Like when I first, you know, in training camp and everything. But then I didn't let that overtake me. Like, you know, I stayed in that moment. Like, okay, I got a scholarship, but that small thing, I should have been had one anyway. What's next thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that mindset that I take with me. Yeah. So before we get to game one, something I want to just dive into and talk about in your story is, you know, all right, in high school, there's not a lot of colleges that believe you can do it. Then you get somewhere and the people on the team don't believe you can do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I think for a lot of people, uh, that can be great motivation to say, nah, I think I'm going to try my ass off to be able to prove you wrong. But then yeah. there's a lot of people that that hinders them from ever even trying because the people in their circle are telling them they can't do it. So, well, if these people are saying I can't do it, they're probably right. I can't do it. So talk a little bit about, you know, how whoever's listening, once again, they're probably not trying to play NFL football, but, you know, maybe they want to pursue a new job or they, you know, want to pursue some relationship, whatever it is, but someone in their life's telling them, eh, I don't know if that's you. Talk about just having confidence and belief in yourself and putting the effort in to become who it takes to get to your goal. So it's funny because, like, I use the example, like, it's almost like a girl telling you you're ugly, right? <laughs> if she say, well, you ugly, like, oh, I, I ain't ugly. No girl's you just, ever said that to look, you. Maybe hey, one look, of your friends. Maybe one look, of your friends. And then you're here. either going to do one or two things. You can be like, wow, I am ugly. Or you can be like, I ain't ugly. That's just what you think. You know what I mean? So that's how I use it. Like, if a person tell me, oh, man, you can't do this. No, that's just what you think. Right. That ain't what I think about myself. And that confidence comes from the daily things, the daily routines you put in with yourself. The the things that I did growing up built me for this. I watched me be able to play with the big boys. You know what I mean? I I watched me be able to, you know, turn out good grades. I watched me be able to fight and survive and and, and make a way, you know what I mean, to get to where I want to be. And it's all up top. It's Mm. literally the things that you do Throughout your daily, that's going to give you that confidence. That's what's going to give you that confidence. That's what's going to say, you know what, man, blank can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in my case, man, Charles, you can't, man, see, you can do this. This ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. You ain't doing nothing different than when you was out there playing with the big boys and stuff like that. You earning their respect. Yep. After, guess what? When I used to step off that field when I was younger, I earned that respect. You know what I mean? So yeah. guess what? I wanted to earn it in college. Yes. But uh, the things that I did, like, it's a new era right now. You know, you got the transfer portal people ain't grinding like man when i started on that when i started when i tell you the true mindset of it like man, i had a goal board yeah big goal board it was, it was just like the board they give like like the teachers right on yeah right started with me i put it next to like i stayed in the dormitory and i put it on like the wall mm. and i wrote down all my goals but my goals were so damn high that even if i got close to them they was exceeding everybody else's yeah the thing about it, all the goals on my on my board, I passed. Like, yeah, that's that's the so I passed. You know, and, and some people will say, you know, man, you know, you you're this to the program. You're probably the best person. That's for for them to you know debate or whatever yeah. they be. But I just know all the goals that I wanted to reach, all the records I wanted to break, and I wrote that stuff down. The grades I wanted to make, I wrote that stuff down because I knew if I seen it every day, I like that's gonna I ain't gonna lay down for them extra hours. I yeah. don't want to sit around and do nothing. I'm going to do something to go to that goal board. You know yes. what I mean? And that mindset is, is, is everything, man. That's what, that's what carry you. I love it. Well, and I think to that point as well, you know, 
so many people in today's, you know, self-help or personal development space talk about limiting beliefs, right? You know, only saying what you think you're capable of today. And it's like, well, I hope in three years, I'm not only capable of what I'm today, right? Hopefully I'm getting better. Hopefully I'm getting stronger. I'm faster and I can do more. So setting a loftier goal is that consistent motivation to have your eye on something down the road. So that way you today are willing to put in the work and the effort to get there. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, uh, motivating factors played a thing, played a, played a part in that. So I would like, yeah. I was a ball of, I was a ball of life, of energy because I was motivated by, I was motivated by how I, I was brought up, what I was raised, my living conditions. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make a, a, my stepdad was a, was a big part of my life. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to, to, to make my mother and my father proud. You know what I mean? So, you know, I didn't have my biological father, you know, he walked yeah. out you know, when, when he left, you know what I mean? I had my stepdad and he, stepdad. He, 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 he was big time, you know what I mean? And uh, my mother, you know, now, you know, like I'm a true mama's boy. So, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, my mama used to you know ride around and see certain stuff and it's like, she couldn't have it. So my mm -hmm. mom was like, I'm gonna get that car. You know what I mean? And, but I just knew she couldn't get it. I'm gonna get that house. And I knew she couldn't get it or she wanted stuff. And I knew she knew she couldn't get it. And I used to always want that fun as a kid. Like, you know, it, that was that was motivating factors for me. Like, yeah. it was a lot of things for that. So that kept me out of the streets from getting in trouble. Like, yeah, I, I did, you know, have little fights or whatever in, in the hood and all that extra good stuff. But to stay on that path, like, I knew what I wanted for my, my family. And I knew what I wanted for myself. And I knew that I had to stay motivated and had to keep the right mindset, you know what I mean, to, to, to be able to get what I want. And I think that now, like, a lot of people... Like, they don't, it depends on what you're motivated by. Yeah. Now, I wasn't necessarily motivated by money. I know everybody like, oh, man, you got paid millions. Dude, I played the game because I loved it. And I played the game barefoot in the street. So, and I didn't get a dime for it. Right. Nobody paid. Even when I was, I wasn't even on scholarship when I first had a child. So, right. But I still loved the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And the thing of wanting to be the best and prove nobody like you, like, it ain't no, it's not like really a dollar amount that's going to give you that in your head. But these days, it's like, you got NIL money, you know, you got all this other extra stuff, like if they ain't getting no bag, they ain't playing. Yeah, I want yeah. some money. When it, when it when the time come out, I get it. Yep. But I'm in this thing, I want to be the best. I want to, you know what I mean? I, I want to be as at the best I can possibly be at this thing. I, I didn't want to just go be another guy. You know, yeah. so at Charleston, they was like, man, ain't nobody go to the league. Nobody went, you know. We had this dude who almost went, but he went CFL. I said, man, I'm going NFL. I don't know all that stuff y'all talking about. Like, yeah. I'm going to the league, though. I'm going to the big time. And they're like, oh, yeah. That's what such and such said. I'm like, I ain't such and such. You're going to see. Somebody going to set the ball. I want to be one to right. set the tone that make it. And, you know, people come back and look and be that example. I say, man, dang. He made it. I wonder what he did. And if I find out what he did, I'm going to try to do that and be better. You know, I love it. Yeah. Well, so game one for you, you get an opportunity to play against a lot of future NFLers. So this was going to be a good test for you down in the swamp to see, uh, hey, are you able to uh, hang in the NFL or uh, or not? So talk a little bit about, you know, growing up, being a diehard Gators fan and first start of college, getting to play on the swamp against arguably, you know, one of the best teams in college football history. I mean, obviously the Miami, the U, the era of the, you know, early 2000s, yeah. they, they, they take the cake, but like, you know, tier, tier two, the, you know, that Gators team's right up there. So when I was start, like that was my first start, first game, first start ever as a college <laughs> player was against the Gators. First off, 
I was a big gamer at the time. So I played NCAA. You know, like I I used to set my depth chart like how I wanted, like, you know, whatever, like with the players. So, you know, Tebow was on that roster. Tebow was one of my favorite players. Lewis Murphy, Chris Rainey, Jeff Demps, Pouncey Twins. You got all these guys. Uh, man, I think they had Brandon Spikes at the time. Like it, that, that team was out of pocket. Yeah. And I remember getting into the swamp and I'm like, wow, like I'm really getting ready. They had Janoris. Janoris, that's my boy. Um, and we get ready to play. And I remember getting to Bill Hill Griffin Stadium. I was like, dog, like I'm really here. Like, and that stadium was just so live. Like that is <laughs> like I couldn't shake. I couldn't. That was my first game. I, I was shook. Yeah. It was so the thing about it, like Tebow ran out and the crowd damn near fell out and passed out. Like it was like <laughs> an earthquake. Like I didn't. That's how I knew Tebow had power. Like, Tebow probably is the most loved person to ever play college football. I don't care what they say. Like, yeah. man, people was falling out dying when that dude ran out. Like, yeah. I'm talking about falling over. And I'm like, wow, like, this for, for one, I'm going to play the Gators, but this is my team. And I, when I say I was I was a Gator fan while in college. So, so people were like, man, who, you know, y'all want y'all want to beat the Gators? I'm like, man, I want us to win. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, the Gators gotta win this game. <laughs> I want to have like I five they, picks, but yeah, I hope the Gators win. You know, like how do we balance this? Like, dude, it was so crazy. But man, I was like, you know, I man, I want to put off the upset. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we, I think we stopped them like the first drive. I, I want to say, but they sent me on a cornerback blitz. First play of the game, I was scared as shit. I hit Tebow with my eyes closed. Like, you know what I mean? But I knew he fell down, though, and I'm like, that was, like, my first play. And I was like, ooh, like, shit, like, all right, I'm here. You know what I mean? The after then, I started to settle down. Um, I remember they tried to throw it to Riley Cooper deep. That didn't happen on me. Um, I think, shoot, uh, that's when I found out how fast Chris Rainey really was. I mean, dude was sliding. Him and Dimps was sliding. And, um, like, that game was just all over the place. They end up beating our ass, like <laughs> – 60 something to three like wasn't even close to being upset <laughs> but you know i walked out of that thing like yes we still undefeated let's go gators on to the next opponent <laughs> that's so funny dog hey but it, it was like you know it was a thing to where it's like i can play in the big time you know what yeah. i mean that, that was for that to be my first game that was big time for me but then we played man i'm trying to think who we played second game i think second game we played Waffle, but our third game was against south florida and they was a pretty good team at the time. They had old, old dude, I think, Matt Roth at quarterback. They had some stud receivers. They had, like, Carlton Mitchell. He had went to the Browns, like, that that next year. Um, They had uh, JPP. They had a bunch of guys. Um, And that was another test for me. And I was I was a little bit more comfortable because, well, for one, they weren't as loud as Ben Hill Griffin. And, yeah. you know, they, they weren't as deadly as them. But I had got comfortable and I had got a little bit of big time experience from that Florida game. So I was able to walk in there with a little bit more confidence. You know what I mean? And then from that point on, man, it was just like, okay, having the game slow down for me. Like, you know, okay, I, I got to get in that film room. Okay, now that now that you've been out here, you got your feet wet, it's time for you to become the player who you want to be. Like, you don't want to just be out there to be out there and say, I'm going to be playing against the Gators. I want to make a difference. You know, so, hey, let's get in that film room. Let's do some extra stuff. You know what I mean? And I took that mindset to a whole new level because I knew if I wanted to go to the league, I'm going to have to face those type of guys. I'm going to have to face the 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 Jeff Dems, the Chris Rainey's, the Tebow's, the Lewis Murphy's, the the Riley Cooper, the Percy Harvins, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's 
another thing that made me get my mind right. Yes, I love it. So as you're progressing through college, junior year is really your standout year. Um, have a have an amazing junior year. You're an All-American. And you'd say, man, I hope that this is where my, my draft stock says, all right, first round, second round, third round draft pick. But you kind of throw it out there. And the consensus answer is, you know, late round or undrafted. So you say, all right, well, I still got a whole nother year of college. I'll come back. And in the fifth game of the year, the thing no one wants to have happen in their senior year happens. So talk a little bit about the adversity of going through an injury when you're really trying to have that breakout year to get drafted. And it's like, that was a killer. Like, you know, I really feel like if I don't do that, I really get drafted. Um, so what's crazy is my sophomore year. So my, my, my first year I had like, like two picks or something like that. Yeah. My sophomore year, I jump out the gate. I, I end up have like six interceptions in like three games. Like I had picked off two in Hawaii, three in Liberty. I was on a fucking tear. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm killing it. Um, so I was hot then. My junior year, I had pushed another big year. People didn't throw at me like that, all American again. But that senior year, it was, it was the senior year started out strong. I mean, we played Illinois, got an interception against them. Like, you know, I'm hot. Like, I'm hot. I'm buzzing. My name's buzzing. Yeah. We take our ass up there to Stony Brook. It was, it's a receiver who I really respect too. Uh, what's his name? And Kevin Norrell. Never forget, we had some battles. And I remember me and him was ready to duke it out for another year because they was in our conference. And he was yeah. really good. He was an All-American as well. And I remember, like, first quarter on the run play, I'm always trying to be physical. I done went and tried to make a tackle. Black, break my damn hand. I'm like, damn. Like, I can't believe I done broke my hand. Like, damn, dog. Like, and they're like, yeah, well, you're probably going to be done for the year. And I'm like, man, nah, like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't afford that. So I mean, I'm in a little, I'm in a little, uh, I guess, training room, whatever. I'm crying. I'm like, like, now what? And I remember after that game, Kevin came up to me. He was like, man, dog, I'm sorry about that, dog. Like, I, you know, I wanted to play against you. Like, but, you know, I just know where you're trying to get to. I was like, man, you know, hopefully, you know, it all pan out. I remember my coach was like, man, you know, I, I think you still have a shot. I said, man, I got to figure this shit out. And that's yeah. that toughness, like that real toughness, you know, really, really came about. Like, because I played my sophomore year. People don't know. I played my sophomore year. with a, That first year I made All-America, I played that with a torn label. Wow. I used to wear the I used to wear the little sling on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got the surgery. I had to get 18 staples, 18 staples. They cut me open, did the four-hour surgery, everything, all that good stuff, man. So I played my sophomore year with a torn labrum. So when my senior year came about, when I broke my hand, I remember we had like a couple important games coming up. I'll never forget the coach. I think he was from like Virginia military, VMI. He was like, Man, I don't know. He was like, I don't know why good things happen to, you know, he, I don't know why bad things happen to good people. He was like, but I'm lucky, man, because I'd rather throw at Deion Sanders than throw at you right now. Because <laughs> I was hot. Yeah. I was really hot, man. I was having a good, solid year. But, you know, it took me at a, at a point to where it was like, like, man, I, I got to try to find a way. And I remember I said, man, it's not, is it a way I could play with a cast or something? Like, and I think I missed like a game or two. And then they, you know, I, I, I had a cast and I put I put eyes on it. I put a smiley face. I think I called it Buddy. Um, and I ended up having to thug it out and play with the cast for like two, three games. I was dropping picks. But I had yeah. to get, like, get out there and get on the field. And it was my senior year. Like, right. nobody wants to sit out there senior year. Like, you know, I just want to be there for the team and for the program. And it's like, I, I, I got to find a way. So that was the biggest thing for me. And that was a mental point to where it's like, I saw that, you know, I would do anything for the game. 
Yeah. Because me going out there to play with a broken hand, with cast on and all that stuff, you know what I mean? I knew I loved the game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I got to be out there. I, it, it just it was a part of me that I can't miss, you know what I mean, throughout there. It's almost like missing a meal. Like, I can't – I you you missing <laughs> eating three times a day. Like, nah, I, I can't miss that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't miss playing ball. So, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was tough. Now, speaking into your personality there, and you just hinted at it on the cast, you put a smiley face to kind of remind yourself. Well, there was another thing that uh, you had to do. So when a coach would ride you pretty hard and get mad at you or yell at you, you're like, man, I got to remember the fun that playing is football. And so you start wearing a certain accessory. So talk a little bit about how uh, how that came to be, my man. Man, Coach Wood. So shout out to Coach Wood. That's my. That's the best DB coach I've ever had. He's actually the defensive coordinator at University of Arkansas right now. Oh wow! Um, okay. I talked to him like a week ago. Um, big ups to him, man. He he's. I mean, the dude is a monster. But, um, so Coach Wood coached hard, yeah. but I loved him because he played my position. He went to Ole Miss. He played corner. He had league dreams. Should have went to the league, but he tore his knee up, and. You know, Coach Wood, man, he, he he get in your face, like, but he was like, you know, being that father figure too. But he knew yeah. what I wanted. He was trying to bring the best out of me. I'm like, man, Coach Wood's always on my ass, like, you know what I mean? So I started wearing socks, right? Yeah. So like, our we didn't have the best uniforms. We didn't have Nike. We had New Balance. Police was shitty. Everything was bad. We had New Balance socks. Like it was just like, so we had zero sweaters. <laughs> I would do is, I would wear colorful socks, and it was just like brighten my day. You know what I mean? Like, because Coach Wood, it was hot. Coach Wood's on my ass. We sucked as a team. And I had to look and just, like, find something. So I would look to those socks. And I would have different pairs on it. And I brought that with me to the league. Correct. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Like, and that kind of carried over because they they aren't the same person. But Tom Coughlin used to get on my ass. And I just, I mean, we had a love-hate relationship. I hate it more than I love it. But <laughs> Tom Coughlin was, hey, hey he was... I think he the one who elevated the sock game because he was just on me. But Coach Wood, man, he he stayed on me. So I just brought those socks out, man. And it's just, it stuck with me forever. And that was yeah. kind of the thing that, like, I used to wear socks in high school, but I never wore them for that meeting. But when I got to college and when I was getting coached by Coach Wood, man, he, you know, he, once he, he started stayed on me, I'm like, man, because I didn't want to be that player that always be the one to talk back yep. or disrespect the coach. You know what I mean? So you find your way to stay composed. You know what I mean? Whether you talk yeah. to yourself, look down, you're like, man, it's cool. I'm cool. I'm looking down at my socks, man. It's cool, man. They're going to be good. Yeah. That type of thing. Absolutely. Now, as, as senior year wraps up, you know, once again, after junior year, late, late pick or undrafted, and mm -hmm. we have that injury. So it's not like we were able to, you know, have a better year than we had the year before. So heading into senior year or finishing up senior year, Go undrafted, but the beauty of that is all of a sudden you get this kind of recruiting experience, right? Uh, you know, you have teams that all of a sudden are like, well, dang, he didn't go somewhere, so let's try and get him on our squad. And instead of getting picked by a single team and hoping you fit in there, you can kind of evaluate teams and be like, all right, well, where do I think I would have the best chance to either make it or, you know, be a contributor? And so as you go through the process, the New York Giants end up being the team that uh, – you decide, hey, I think this would be the best spot for me. So talk a little bit about, you know, heading to New York and uh, realizing, all right, I'm here. Now Now I got to make the team. So the crazy part about that is Coach Genta, Coach Peter Genta, he's one of my favorite coaches as well. You know, I, I have a lot of favorite coaches because they all help bring this young man together. They help bring yeah. me together. Yeah. But we have the first pro day ever at Charleston Southern. Two scouts came. 
No, three, two or three. I think, I think it was three. But he was the DB coach for the Giants. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he's really here. Like, yeah. my coach was like, Coach Wood at the time, Coach Woodson, he was like, man, you know, that's impressive to have a DB coach come to your pro day. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I remember I go out there, man. I I run the 40 damn near butt naked. I had on just tights. <laughs> I had on tights with 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 uh with with my Under Armour cleats. I clocked like four. I caught four three and I clocked four four. And then they wanted me to run it a third time because they didn't believe it. I was like, when did I ever show y'all I was slow? Yeah, like, right, right. Like, so, <laughs> but fine, I'll run it again. Like it's just running. So I clocked four fours again, and then I go through my DB drills and I look great. I kill it. And I remember Coach Genta, he came with me say, say, you know, he said, the reason why I'm here is because, you know, I'm actually studying. I watch Phil. Coach Genta's old. He reminds me like, he reminds me of It Man when he, when like, he's super, like, he's old, but he's like knowledgeable as hell. Yeah. So he's like, you know, when I first, he, he said, you know, I came here because I watched film and I, and I watched people and I was able to watch you throughout your college career. And I always kept my eyes on you. And he was like, man, you had one of the better pro days I've been at since Charles Woodson. And I was, that took like, that, first off, big fan, I'm a big fan of Charles Wilson. And when he said that, that yeah. just, that, that, like, that blew me. You know what I mean? Like, that was high praise. You know what I mean? But I knew I worked my ass off for it. And I remember we went and we watched film inside. We watched all the big games I had and stuff like that. And he was like, we'll be in touch. Next thing you know, I get a pre-draft visit with them. I'm like, a pre-draft visit? Like, these people talking about drafting me? Like, that's what that yeah. means? Yeah. So I fly to New York for the first time. I meet Eli Manning. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, the NFL is wild. I can't wait till I'm actually in it. So the draft comes. And this was probably the most – when they say the NFL draft is wild, like, it is wild. So the phone call? I'm sitting at the house with my mom. She's laying on the couch. You know, I didn't have no party or nothing like that. My stepdad's in the back chilling. He's watching it. I'm up there in the front with her watching it. So – Obviously, I knew I wasn't going in the first round, but I'm watching all the people I trained with. Yeah. I trained with Tom Shaw, so I had trained with Eric Fisher, Tavon Austin, Bakari Rambo, Jarvis Jones, Xavier Rhodes, A.J. Boye, Marcus Cromartie. Um, this goes on, man, a bunch of us. Um, so I was watching those guys. Those were first-rounders. You know, yeah. Xavier Rhodes, first-round. Tavon was first-round. Eric Fisher, first-round. You know, all those were first-rounders. So I'm sitting there watching it. Um, that goes by. Then the second they had the second, third, I think fourth round. That's how they used to do it. Second, third round, second, third, and fourth. That was the next day watching. So I don't get drafted in. So I'm watching. I knew this was the final day. This would be my day. You know what I mean? Now all I always thought that I was, you know, first, second, you know, third round guy just because I believe that about myself. Yeah. But I'm always realistic. Okay, they're gonna come get me. Fifth, sixth, seventh. Somebody come to get me. Next thing you know, phone rang. I'm like, oh shit. Hello. Hey, this is such and such from the Chicago Bears. I sit up. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is such and such from the Chicago Bears. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, man, you know, how was you thinking about being in Chicago? I'm like, man, I would love it. Like, you know, whatever, you know, whoop dee whoop. He's like, man, you know, we got this pick coming up. He's like, you know, just be by your phone. I'm like, okay, boom. My mom's like, who is that? I'm like, that's Chicago. Like, if, I think I think they're going to draft me. This is the fifth round. So I'm like, all right, cool. The shit come up and Chicago Bears select offensive lineman, such and such. I pick up my phone, I call the dude back, dude don't answer. So I'm like, dog, why did this dude just play with me like that? Like, right. don't tell me no. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. 
like had my mama taking pictures and everything. Like I'm like, all right, now nah, I, I, I got my first taste of being pissed off with the draft because they lying. I just realized they lie. So, boom, sixth round comes. Phone rang again. Hey, how you doing? Hey, this is such and such from Atlanta Falcons. Oh shit. Sit up again. Here we go. Boom. All right, we got this pick coming up. Such and such and such. Be by your phone. Click. The Atlanta Falcons select offensive lineman. But I say, what the? So I'm like, dog, first off, y'all picking off. That's two offensive linemen I'm mad at. You know, I don't even know why I'm mad at them, but y'all yeah. got picked to keep it alive. So the team I didn't hear from is the Giants, right? Yeah. But the crazy part about it is they were smart. Like, the Giants traded up to get Ryan Nassib at the time at quarterback so they didn't have a fifth pick so i had heard from coach genta already but they wasn't wasting their they, they, they basically you know and I'm, I'm i'm everybody's you know able to do what they picks what they want to do but they had already had in mind what they want to do they went and got demontre more in the third round um still big friends with him they got um justin Pugh, uh first round he was an offensive lineman second round pick i forgot who we got but um, we traded up and we got NASA. So a couple picks was off that they, they, they hadn't missed out. They hadn't yeah. traded away a couple of picks. So they couldn't get me. Yeah. So the last team that calls, Jacksonville, it's the seventh round. Oh, my God. I'm going to play for the hometown team. I cannot believe this shit. Hello. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm still available. Yes, I would love to be drafted by the Jaguars. Hang up. Jacksonville select. Tight end. Okay, you know what? I'm not <laughs> am I listed? Am I listed on the sheet as an offensive like, lineman? Like, like why are, are y'all bullshit? Like, like you know what I mean? Like y'all just calling me to like now y'all playing on my phone and y'all messing <laughs> up. Like y'all burning my minutes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you feel like you burning my minutes, bro? Yeah. So I'm gonna get so many text messages, right? Yeah, like so, I was, no. like I ain't free till after nine o'clock. Stop calling. So, so you know I'm hot at this point. I'm ticked off. I'm pissed yeah. off. Now, mind you. I was the person, I told you I get motivated by certain things. Yeah. I wrote down every DB. I still got it. I wrote down every DB. 29 of them. Yep. Yep. And I wanted to stay in the league longer than all of them. I actually would have been, like, the only DBs that made it longer than me that got drafted was Tyron Matthew, Darius Slay, which is my, both of them, my boys, um, Xavier Rhodes, and AJ Boye. AJ Boye went undrafted. That's my boy. We like super like we super close. Yeah. Um, but all those guys, I'm, I'm cool with all those guys. Those are really the only ones out of my class. If you pay attention, if you pay attention to it, Darius Slay was the first rounder. Xavier Rose first rounder. Tyron Matthew damn near was the first round pick. He just had you know a couple issues off the yeah, field. Yeah, off the field. That 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 stopped it. And AJ Boye had a phenomenal career coming from undrafted. But I was I would X him off. I'm some I was excellent because I mean I remember it was dudes that like you know I, I, they was like oh you you're sick for doing that I'm like no nah, I ain't like I'm motivated like because yeah. I know I'm better I should have been drafted um so my agent calls at the time and he's like man you got you can go to the Giants the Giants want you the Jaguars want you the Falcons want you um Seahawks want you Cleveland want you I said man I'm going to New York he was like really he's like why it's so easy I say well they came to my pro day. They, they gave me a pre-draft yeah. visit, show love, and I want to be there with Coach Jensen. I said, besides, fuck them other teams. I said, if they want to be able to draft me, two of those already played on my phone already. Like, yeah. Good. 
So I tell them I'm going to New York. Boom, they remember they put it down. Mind you, I've never been to New York before. Florida boy going to New York. Like you're good you know, until about November. You're good until I'm, about November. <laughs> man, I get to New York and you know, I am just at a shock with everything. But if you like, people don't know what I was really shocked about. Like coming from my college, our uniforms was trash. Everything was trash. We would we got one pair of cleats for the entire year. And you may have to mess around and use those next year depending if you're coming back. You know what I mean? We yeah. was sponsored by New Balance, didn't have nothing like we drunk water out of the man. You get to the league. I got to the Giants. Now you know the Giants are like top notch. They ain't no. That's part of the best organization I've ever played in. Yeah. They super top notch. You know, just coming off the Super Bowl um, from the previous year, and I'm like, okay, I get here, you see the draft picks. I got my locker. I'm like, damn, I got a locker with an actual name tag on it that says Charles James, my name right there. I got these super dope ass Nike cleats. I got two three pairs. pairs. Two pairs. Two pairs <laughs> three pairs of gloves. Like, I'm like, hey, y'all gave me too much stuff. They was like, nah, you got, you know, multiple for, I'm like, I get multiple. They was like, yeah, just come back if you need some more. I'm like, damn, for real? Like, y'all hooking me up. You go there, you can eat unlimited food inside the cab. I'm like, yo, this is, they got people who cook for you. I'm like, the NFL is out of pocket. Like, I am, I'm like, mom, I'm never coming home. Like, <laughs> And you're going to pay me? <laughs> like, and y'all going to pay me? So... I go there, of course, I'm grinding. I'm on a full-out grind. They had draft picks there, and they had people who were – they had – I mean, I remember they, the DBs they had. They had a DB from Texas that they had came on um, as a as a as an undrafted free agent. They had another one from LSU that came as an undrafted free agent. And I was like, man, I'm going to send all y'all ass home. I'm staying because yeah. we had an older vet team. We had Prince. He was just coming. He was a first-rounder from, from the previous year. Yeah. We had uh, Corey Webster, Terrell Thomas. And Ross. Oh, yeah, all OGs. Yeah. So we had just they had just drafted Jerron Hosley too from Virginia Tech. Yeah. From like third round, third round pick from like a year ago. So I'm like, well, no, we're not keeping this many. And I'm like, fuck it, I gotta find a way to make this team. Yeah. I'm kick return, punt return, cornerback, nickel. I didn't even know how to play nickel until I got in the league. Only thing I knew how to play was man coverage. I was a man corner. Yep. So guess what? They told me in college, Coach Woods say, Hey, Charles, cover him. You got him this week. That's what it was. Deal. Whether it was that person was Percy Harvin or that person was uh, uh, the guy at Florida State, um, Rodney Smith, or it was the guy at South Florida, the guy at Illinois, whoever it was, I'm covering the top receiver. That's what I did throughout my whole college career. Yep. Get to the NFL, they're like, nah, you're coming to play nickel. What was this nickel shit? I got to go. I got to learn, basically be a linebacker in the cornerback's body. Yep. I got to learn what everyone else is doing. So that's how I really got smart. So I looked to one of my favorite players, one of my biggest role models, Antrell Roll. Yeah. My guy, he helped me so much to like, he would say, hey man, you know, I played nickel, I played corner, I played safety, I play it all. Just come to me if you need anything. Boom. I used to come to him. I'm like, I would sit next to this dude damn every day. I would do, I would copy everything he do. He take a knee, I'm taking a knee too. He getting some water, I'm getting some water too. I'm going to find a way to make this team because I know that if I follow a dude who's been playing 11 years, all pro, Super Bowl champ, leader of this team, I got, yeah. I'm in good shape. So, um, training camp, they had, we had, uh, so they have OTAs, picking off passes there. So when I get to training camp and everybody come in, I'm like, oh shit, like, this is for real. Like, yeah, it's really real for real. Like, everybody's here, I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, Eli's here. Oh shit, uh, 
um, who we had at the time, and we had Hakeem Nix, Victor Cruz is here. Like, yeah. I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm in the league. I cannot believe it. My dream has came true. I could die right now. Yeah. You know, but I get there, and then one of the nickels, the starting nickel, got hurt. So I'm coming in to be the starter. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, but I'm scared to mess up. Right. So I remember Justin Tuck cussed me the fuck out. Like, cause I'm making the call or whatever. I'm making the call and I'm getting and stuff like that, but I'm getting frustrated because like I'm new to be I'm new to playing nickel. I'm trying to learn a, a confusing ass playbook. And it's like, it's it's you you gotta it's the NFL was fast. Like you, you gotta yeah. move, baby. You gotta move. And it's I didn't know it. And as I'm getting it down, I'm worried about that. And then I'm worried about getting cut. I'm watching dudes getting cut just because they they just don't want to do stuff. Like people get cut left and right. I'm like, oh my God, am I next? I was just with that dude yesterday, and now right. y'all sent home. Like, right. you know, I don't know what's going on. Right. So Justin Tuck, I mean, I, I remember I called, like I, I called a play and I called it right, but like I didn't blitz or something like that. And I remember I like I took off my head, I'm like, damn, man. Yeah. And he was like, CJ, chill the fuck out. You're not getting cut. We need you to play. Play. And I was like, okay. So I get back in, and next thing you know, I just started balling. I'm just balling. Because I just said, you know what? Fuck it. He's right. Stop worrying about if you're going to get cut or not. Do what you've been doing this whole time. You won't worry about that in college. You won't worry about that when you was out there as a kid. You won't worry yeah. about that. It was play. Go play, bro. You smart. Go learn the go learn the stuff that you know you know and go play. Yep. And once that happened, Charles James then came out. Now it's it's over with now. So now yeah. I'm calling up right now and I got comfortable. It's I'm 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 on it now. I yeah. I'm, I go to the point to where like I can come in mid play and I'm telling what happened. Now coaches are like, okay, this dude, this kid's smart. He yeah. can do this, do that. Now, okay, well. Coach, um, um, uh, Charles, this person ain't gonna play this piece. Just go in here, um, play this play. Okay, cool. Charles, you go in there and play safety. Yeah, I know that. I know safety because I have to know Nick and I know the safety. He comes down to this. He rolls to this side and this and that. So they was able to put trust in me and believe in me as a young player. Yeah. If we was to stick this guy in and we did lose our actual nickel, he can play. Absolutely. So, so I want to highlight a couple things there uh, before we get going more. So number one is. Just your ability to humble yourself to be willing to learn from others, right? I think so many people, once they've reached a certain echelon of success or gotten a certain amount of accolades, they start thinking they know how to do it better than others, right? Hey, I've reached a certain level. Yeah, there's people above me, but like, I mean, I'm doing it pretty darn good. Like, I don't know that I need to learn any more from you. Whereas yeah. you said, hey, I've been doing it pretty darn good, but... I, here's a guy that's been doing it 11 years. Let me just go mimic what he does. Let me go see how he does things so I can get better quicker. Second thing then is you start getting this opportunity and there is that natural fear of just messing up, right? And the problem with having a fear of messing up is that inevitably it causes you to mess up more because <laughs> when you're so focused on not messing up, it's like, well, I'm thinking about not messing up. So I do mess up. Whereas if I just focus on playing hard or if I focus on you know trying to do the right thing, well, inevitably, I'm going to mess up, but I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on doing the right thing. So usually it ends up happening less frequently. Right. And, and the part of I'm, – I'm, I always want to be a sponge. Mm -hmm. I, I don't try to be a person that knows it all. You know what I mean? Like Because that day will come where I'll have to be able to tell somebody else how I did it. 
So when I looked to those guys, when I looked at to Antrell Roy, when I looked to Aaron Ross, to Terrell Thomas, it was easy to put because I knew these guys had to put the work in. These guys were respected by the team. These guys was top players at their position. It was easy for me to go do that. Yes. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, you had those guys who don't, I don't need to listen. I'm, I do it my own way or whatever the case may be. You're not going to get far like that. You right. know what I mean? It's a respect yes. thing that I lay, man. So if I do, and I I ask too many questions. I, I, I'm i going to ask so many. You're going to get pissed off by the question. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> hey, do we have practice today? And I know we got practice, but I want to be sure. Like, yeah. I'm that person. You yep. know what I mean? So it was easy for me to do that. And I think they respected me more because they knew how important it was to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They knew the fact that, man, you know, a lot of guys was going out and bullshit and they wanted to go party and, and the nightlife in New York and all that. And I'm I'm grinding. Like, yeah. I got, I want to make this team. I, I don't want to just be in the NFL. I want to stay here. Right. You know what I mean? And my goal was to play 10 years. I didn't get there. I played six. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, six is five. I wanted to get to 10 and that was yeah. on the top. But, um, you know, it was, it was a thing of like, I, I wanted to stay and I knew what I would have to do and what I would have to give up to be in a position to keep myself on that team to make a team and to stay in the league so yeah. that's why I always look to those guys well and I think that's really good and once again someone who's listening may not be thinking well what do I have to do to get in the NFL someone listening might be saying well what do I have to get do to get to my next promotion what do I have to do to start my own business whatever it might be and I think what you just said there is so important because oftentimes it means giving up what you want now so you can get what you want most yeah right? you have to be that you have to be that sponge man like I've, I, yeah, you may know things like for the person who's not trying to get to the NFL, you have to be willing to be. You can learn from anybody, whether it's a mistake, whether it's something they did good. You could you can learn from anybody. So yeah. I've I've did that throughout my life, even right now. Like when it comes to business, I sit up under EJ and I be a sponge. Yeah, That's, man, I'm, I'm a. I talk. He, I would tell, text him right now. Hey, so does one plus one equal two, just because I want to, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to, I want to be that sponge. I want to, if I've heard it before, I want to hear it again. Yes. You know what I mean? Because that's the type of stuff when you don't know it all and you watching somebody who's actually done it, do what you want to do. Yep. Why not learn from them? I love it. So I love it. Yes. Yeah. So as your time in New York's going, uh, year one goes really well. You talk about a very defining moment where uh, on a, uh, I believe it's a punt return, you get the opportunity to cause a little tussle with Mr. Devin Hester with the Chicago Bears, which really, uh, you know, sparked the juices because one, they had made that prank phone call. It wasn't a prank phone call, but, you know, it felt like it. And yeah. then you get the chance to tackle one of the best kick returners in the game. Man, you know, Devin Hester is like, he, he's that's an icon right there. That's my boy too. Yeah. Um, you know we, you know we we drive old schools together, hang out. I know his kids, all that stuff, man. We play play basketball together, everything. Um, man, that play like I, I didn't, I haven't, I didn't have like a a defining play. I didn't have a play to say like, like to welcome myself to the NFL. That was a Thursday night game. I knew my folks was watching, and I'm like, man, I want to make a play, like yeah. make a play, like we always say, you know, it's cliche, but like man. Make a play, make a do right. something. Yep. And they punt the ball off. I remember, I didn't forget Devin came out pregame and like, you know, that field light up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, Shot Town is lit. Like when Devin yeah. come out, I remember he's back there and I remember, you know, getting the crowd going. I'm like, oh shit. So I remember the first kickoff, I hit him. Boom. Told you I was going to get your ass. Now, yeah. that punt, when I hit him, flipped him on his neck. Oh my God. Man, that was like, 
Let's fucking go. Let's go. Let's go. I told y'all I am here. Like, yes. let's go. I can play here. I can do this. You yes. know? Um, and that that was what really like gave me a lot of confidence too, man. Like, man, you yes. can make these plays, you can do this, right. you can do that. And absolutely. I mean, coach was happy, I was happy, everybody else was happy. Um, yep. you know, that was that was a big that was a big moment in my first year. I love it. Now, after that first year, I mean, you play in the majority of the games. I think it's 13 of the games. You're getting significant PT play in, and year two rolls around, and the team just says, you know what? Thank you for your service, but it's a business, and we're going to go a different direction. And that that can be tough to handle, right? I mean, because now, all of a sudden, if you don't get picked up off, you know, waiver wires, like, right away, it's like, man, you just have to train and stay in shape just because there could be someone that calls. It's one thing when you're like, all right, I'm getting up because I know there's a game on Sunday. So it's like, I got to stay in this. It's another yeah. thing when it's like, maybe somebody's going to call me in the next couple of months. So, like, I guess I just got to keep grinding. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, You know, it's I got to. Well, it's a story out there, but like me and Tom, me and Coach Coughlin got into it. You know what I mean? And that's that's when I realized, you know, everybody ain't gonna like you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like he tolerated me, but he didn't necessarily like me for. Yeah. I mean, like I was, I was a live wire. I was outgoing, but the, the the team loved me. A lot of people in the staff and the organization they loved me, but we did not see eye to eye. Me and him did not see eye to eye. And yeah. I ended up, you know, we ended up coming, you know, coming to grips later on in my career when he was in Jacksonville. He ended up signing me to Jacksonville. And, you know, we end up talking about it and stuff like that, you know, yeah. but at that time, you know, I was young and, and certain things that he seen that I, I didn't see and certain things I seen him that I didn't like either. But, you know, I remember he called me in the office and, hey, you know, we letting you go and it's, it went off an ability thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can say that for, I was, that training camp, I was on my way to being the starting nickel. Like, yeah. I, I balled, you know, yeah. like it was, it was over with, but I get cut, Um, still got my condo in New York. Um, I'm sitting there. I had just got this new place. Just got a new place. Got the spiral steps, and I get. I'm like, dog. Deep, like, how do people play around like this in the NFL? So I go into depression. Yeah, cut. So, dude, I'm just sitting there. I'm not showering. Like, I'm not eating. I'm sitting on the floor. So, mind you, I told you I just moved in there. So there was this girl. Um destiny that like i knew her when i first moved in but she was cool you know but um you no know, she so i would always see her whatever speak to her but she stopped like seeing me like she stopped like seeing me she was just like you know but i stopped like answering the text or whatever so she just came down one day and knocked on the door and she was like are you okay like why are the lights off like what's wrong with you and i'm like yeah i like i got cut you know she was like oh so then when she came in the house she was like, dude, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is all your stuff messed? Like, dude, what, like, are you okay? So she, once she figured out I was depressed, she came and was like, you know, basically like, nah, I got to help you get up out of this. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So like, she was just like, just speaking words of encouragement. Every time yeah. she get off work, she just come check up on me and stuff like that. Like, she was just like being a person that I needed at the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I didn't have, my mom was there. And like, I, I didn't tell my mom. Certain right. stuff. Now, if she here now, she's like, boy, you wasn't eating. I told you, that, you know, because that's how she yeah. was. But yeah. you know, that's how she is. But, um, you know, I hit a depression point and I wouldn't get any calls, but 
I got like at one point I just stopped working out, stopped doing a lot, and like time passed by and it was August. I'm like, damn. So I said, dog, I got I gotta come up out of this. So as she was helping me come up come up out of this, I started to come up out of it. So boom, I started just to take my cleats, wake up, 5 36 a.m. What I would do if I was in the league, I'd go work out. Yeah. Boom, hit the, I hit the weight room. I hit the gym. I, yeah. you know what I mean? I gotta come up out of this. Somebody yeah. will call. Somebody will call. Couple months passed by, October rolls around. You know, I'm still praying, but I'm I'm I I done got I done, I done came up out of the depression phase. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. called. Joel Siegel's my agent at the time. Joel Siegel calls and say, Hey, we might have a home for you. I said, Really? Where is this? He was like, Houston. I said, Okay, the Texans. AJ Boye is in Houston. So I'm like, oh shit, like I could go over there with my boy. Like, yeah. So he was like, but it's not setting a stone for us. So I'm like, all right, cool. So um, I, um, I got like a week later, he calls back and say, look, we got your workout with the Texas. Okay, cool. I'm like, so I'm always wanting to know, like, how did it come about? I'm like, how did it come about? He was like, well, Brian Gain, who is the player person, like he's the personnel person for the Texans. He was the personnel person for the Jets. And uh, I used to kill the Jets in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Watch me. So that's how I ended up getting over there with them. Yeah. So I go to the workout. I kill the workout. They made me run the 40, everything. They had, uh, they had, I think, you know, you had Bill O'Brien at the time. You had OB. Yeah. He fucking made you do the whole thing. So he's, OB's, like, he always had that little whistle in his hand. He always rolling around and shit, rolling around. So they signed me. So I'm like, oh, so they're like, oh, you can go back home and get your stuff. So I go back. I remember I texted the girl, Destiny, hey, man, I got signed going to Houston. She was like, oh, so you're leaving me. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, she was she was like super sweet. You know what I mean? Was my was a real big part of me bouncing back because she was a good friend. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm out. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ended up shutting the uh, the, the place down I had. I'm going to miss that place because I'm like, dude, I had just got it in yeah. New York. Like, it was super nice. I thought I was going to be playing there, so I had got it. Um, I leave. I go. Um grab my stuff, boom, and I'm in Houston. I get to the H, and I had came, like, middle of the year. They put me in, like, practice squad or whatever the case may be, and I'm grinding. And I hit the ground running, and I I was desperate for success. Like, I was yeah. desperate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm desperate to be back. I ain't never getting back out of the league ever again. Like, y'all got – no, nah, y'all got me bent. I ain't – and I got there, and you got Hopkins, yeah. uh, Andre Johnson. You got all these people. Um, JJ Watt, obviously mm-hmm. got Cushion, J Joe, Kareem Jackson. I think Ed Reed had just left. Yeah. Um, like we had everybody. I'm like, damn, like this team, this team, yeah, I, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I was I was grinding, man. Like they had me on the practice squad. I remember I was going against Andre Johnson, he didn't say much. Going against Hop, Hop didn't say much either. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what it was until the next year transpired and brought on to 2015 which was hard not you hard not yes sir yes and once again if you had hours and hours of time i would make you break down all of hard knocks but i mean really you win not only the hearts of houston over but the hearts of america right uh yeah people are like dang this guy is awesome like one he's funny too he works his ass off but three like the guy's got a story right and yeah. uh and once again the socks reemerge, right and uh they, they yeah make you the sock guy <laughs> and- yeah dude <laughs> that, like 
what's so crazy is like people don't understand like how hard knocks works is they go they go for the stars yeah i was never no star nobody cared about me like but they would just see me and like just thought i was funny so they just like hey man can we put this mic on you i'm like dude i don't really care like so I, it, it's not going to change anything. Like, I'm, I'm going to be who I am. I would talk shit to OB. I would talk. I didn't care who you were. I was going to say something to you, like, whatever, whatever. Like, I'm going to be me. Florida and confidence, just, bro. Yeah. What I say, Florida got that confidence, that swagger. That's who he is. So, you know, they just kind of, like, just took a liking to me. So that's how everybody, like, man, how, how, why did they end up following you? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Because usually give it to the stars. J.J. Watt, Kush, yeah. uh, Andre, whatever the case may be. You can do whoever you want to give it to. So they, when they start following me, they just putting a little mic thing around. And sometimes I would even forget that it was there. And I would be yeah. saying anything. Like, I didn't even care. But so a lot of that, all, all that stuff was genuine. Like That was me genuinely being the person who I was. And man, it was just me showing the grind. Like the more you could do, you could the better. So that's how I ended up playing running back. Yeah. Um, and I, I was always in shape. Like I killed it just like. When training camp came around, we had conditioning and all that, man. I so like I would literally legit have to play two positions to be tired like that. You know what I mean? Like that was the only way. But other than that, I, I in phenomenal shape, and I'm there to make the team. Yep. You know, I was I was there to make it happen. And you know, I was pissed off, you know, because at the end of that, I don't make the team. Yeah. So when I don't make the team, that he cut me, and it was out of me and I think Jamal role at the time. And they were trying to bring me back on the practice squad. I said, man, I ain't going to fucking practice squad, dude. I ain't no practice player. That's yeah. that was my that was my thing. So that was my thing about being like, that's why these dudes that I don't get the league nowadays. And this is another thing I don't get. Side, side, you know, sidetrack. You know, I see these guys these days, and they don't even be playing a lick. Just be out there happy to be. They post their little pictures on Instagram and you know, they just happy to be on the team. Dude, I wasn't about, we ain't about all that. Yep. When I was playing. And I make it sound old, but when I was playing, dog, we wanted to play. Yeah. Like, you know I mean, like, dude, we, we weren't with none of that. We trying to get on the field. Like, yeah. then we can show off some a little bit. But I ain't happy just to be like, I ain't no practice player. Even dating back when the Giants, when I was first on the practice squad there, and they have the, the players go to the games, ask Tom Coughlin. I didn't go to the game. The, 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 the players could, could go to the home games. And I would never go. The first four weeks when I was on practice squad with the Giants, I never went to the home games. Like, I think we played two home games before I got active, and I didn't go. Coach Coughlin pulled me in. He said, why didn't you go? I said, Coach, I'm not a practice player. I don't watch games. I want to play. Like, ain't the, the scoring going to change because I'm up there in the box? Right. OB asked me the same thing. Why you go? Why you come to the game? I'm, man, I can support from the crib. Yeah. Like, I'm here to play, dog. I ain't no practice player. I ain't. I don't take pride in being a practice player because, dude, I know I'm a baller. I should be on the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was my mindset. That yeah. that was I was always it. So I'm gonna keep that until I guess what? Get on the field. Yeah. Um. So when they talk about bringing me out of practice, I say, Nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Baltimore sent Baltimore came and they upped my pay. They give me active money pay, but they was gonna put me on on the practice squad for the first couple of weeks until I learned the playbook. Um. That was Ozzy Newsome and them boys. Man. They, yeah. Him the hardball man. They they let me bring my sock thing over there and everything. So I said no. I went to Baltimore. I go to Baltimore, and right when I get active, I had to get cut because Forsett, Justin Forsett, got hurt and we needed a running back. Yeah. So I'm like, damn. So he was like, man, we're going to break you back active. Um, we're just going to pull this running back up from practice squad. We're going to cut you, bring it right back. But before they can do that, Houston calls. Joel Siegel's like, dude, you won't believe this shit. <laughs> Joel's animated as hell. He's like, so you got clean. <laughs> like, man, 
you won't believe this. That's what you got claimed by. He said, so you got claimed by three teams. I said, who are the three teams? He said, you got claimed by the Texans, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. I said, damn, well, I want to I want to go to New England, play with Brady. Yeah. Like, them boys go to the championship. They yeah. like, I want to go over there. <laughs> you know, but he said, but you get to go to the worst team. The worst team gets your the first claim. First right, yeah. So he's like, you're going back to Houston. I was like, oh shit, okay. Like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. All right, boom. So the waiver claim, they claim me I go back to Houston. I, I had to leave, I had to leave an apartment that I have in Baltimore. I had to leave that. Um, I gave it to like another player, but I remember they calling and they're like, yeah, man, you know, you're coming back to Houston, but it was like a big thing. Like I never knew it, would, it was going to be this big when I first went back to Houston. Yeah, like, This was like some storybook shit. Yep. So they call me, everybody's excited. Like, I'm like, damn, like, I, like I'm a I'm super big time like that. But to them, I was, you know, man, to right. myself, I was, but you know, it's like, it's not like I'm Peyton Manning, but right. <laughs> like, oh, you, you know, you're coming back to Houston, man. I never forget. I landed in Houston. I get there. First off, I still have my old apartment still there. I get there, and they pick me up from the airport. And I see people. Oh my god! You know, I'm like, damn. Like, that's when like stardom, like really, like, yeah. I'm like, now I'm feeling the effects of that hard knock shit, and and like, like, oh my yeah. god, you sign a sign up? Like, okay, like Charles James back posters. Like, we get in there. I get in there with Doug. Um, I forgot Doug and another guy. They, they drive me, you know, because I had to go get physical and all that stuff. They turn on the radio. Uh, I forgot what the radio station is called. Boom. The first thing they're like, hey, man, you know, you know, Texas just made a sign. man. he just signed Charles James back. And I'm hearing this on the radio. I'm like, dog, like, they're talking about me like I'm Lil Wayne or something. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Yeah. Like, this lit for real. Yeah. I get, out of, I get out of there. I go into the doctor's office. I see it on the news. Charles James is back in Houston. I'm like, yo, like, this is lit. Like, I'm up. So I get back. It's like week six. Texas sucked at the time. So I get back. Kareem Jackson is hurt. So I have to start at nickel. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a starter. Like, cool. I start balling, and things start to shift. The whole season starts to shift. I ain't saying that I was the reason for it, but right. – you know, OB was you know, OB played a part. I always say, like, man, you brought that juice to us that we needed because yeah, you know, I was just a guy like, I'm gonna bring it every day, every right. practice, whatever. I'm gonna make you want to practice, I'm gonna make you want to play. And I just brought that juice to every game. Yep. And man, that I will always say 2015 will always have a place in my heart from up and down. That's that's the story of my life. Like, I can always look at that here and say, Man, like, you know, you did it, bro. Like, yes, you brought everything. Like that, that's my life in one story. Yeah, it didn't start the way I wanted. Just like yep. start the way I want it. You know what I mean? Just like a yeah. high school, start the way I want it. You know what I mean? Just like as a kid, yeah. start the way I want it. But in the end, you know, you're going to always win. You just got to keep going. That's for anybody. You know what I mean? You, yes. you always win. Just don't give up because prior to that, I was sitting in, when I got cut from Baltimore and I got back to Baltimore, but before I went back to Houston, I wanted to give up. I called my mom. Mm. I say this ain't. I say this ain't. This ain't like football ain't ain't what it is to me no more. Like, mm. you know I mean, they they take it. I say like the best players ain't playing. Playing, they taking the love out of it for me. Like I don't. I was like, mom, I, I want to retire and just come home. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, I don't know if I want to do this no more. Yeah. Said, no, baby, you can't quit. And I was like, mm. 
I don't want to quit. I say, but man, like, like, what is it? Like, why can't yeah. I play? Why can't I stick? You know what I mean? Like, and that's when Houston called and I end up, I was praying. I was praying hard. Yeah. And that's when Houston called. Like, that's when Houston called. I ended up getting claimed and all that. And that's when it shifted because yeah. right when I was about to give up, you know what I mean? Knock at the door. No, oh. I'm right here. And that year I was like a top, I was, they had me rated as like a top 15 corner. I was a top three nickel. Yeah. Um, in the league, you know what I mean? Like, in like 10 games, NFL.com did a, did a whole, you know, from, from hard knocks to starter. They did that. Yeah. Um, They did that right up on me. You know what I mean? I was balling, man. I mean, we had Monday night, we knocked off the Bengals. They was undefeated. You know what I mean? We went to the playoffs, got our ass kicked by the Chiefs, but. You know, yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. And, and exactly what you said so many times, right when you're ready to give up, right? When you've hit your breaking point, that's when things change if you keep going. So I love that. Now, yeah. to be respectful of your time, I know you have to get going here soon. Uh, so as the NFL continues to play out, there's a couple other teams. And then eventually you get to a point, like you said, hey, after six years, it was just time to transition on. And now you're in the entrepreneurial space. So talk a little bit about your business today and what you're doing there. So first I had started out with a clothing line. I had to start out with basically a sock line. Yeah. You know, so I started out with a Naturally. sock line. Naturally, right? Started out with a sock line. Um, and that's still going. Um, we, we still have that going. Um, but then I just knew I just wanted to do something with clothes. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, you know, I was, you know, I wore urban stuff growing up. Um, that was that was me always going to the urban store and I'd get me a t shirt, give me some shorts, you know what I mean, some socks, you know what I mean? That was yeah. it. Have some J's or something in there, I cop that too. You know what I mean? But I was at a standstill for a point because I didn't know anything about business. So, you know, to backtrack, I met when I met when I first met EJ, you know, he had his house in Orlando. I had my house in Orlando. So we crossed paths. Now, no, I was a big fan of EJ just because of, you know, of course, who he was at the foot as the football player. But yeah. Florida, like them ties always come in. Like it's <sighs> it's crazy. Like you all you don't know who you're gonna you're gonna see, you're gonna always run into people. Yeah. You know, but me and EJ became tight because we would end up at the same spots. And our both our last name was James, you know. Yeah. So everybody always thought we was related anyway. Yeah. You know I mean? But you no, know, so he always called me his son. Always <laughs> called him aunt. He always called me nephew. You know what I mean? I, I call him Big Dog OG or whatever. Or I call him my son at the time. But you know, we got <laughs> a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where you know, we damn near you know family. We we family. Yeah. You know, brothers, however you want to call it. And um, I get with him, man. And he's the ultimate business guy. Yeah. You know? I mean, this guy from the clubs to the stores, this guy do it all. So a few years ago, I linked up with him and I declined to do business just because I was at a space to, it was mental. Yeah. Like I was, I, I I thought I knew something and I mm. didn't know. Mm. And see, when you say, so this wasn't a football thing, this is a business. Yeah. Man. He bought me a, a business proposition. And I said, man, no, nah, I'll do it on my own. And man, I failed and I sucked. <laughs> and I came back to him, I said, he said, oh, you ready now? <laughs> see, yeah, man, I'm already, and I just, I, I got, I got with him, and I became a sponge. So yeah. then, the pool with an edge comes about the store. Yeah, so I was here yes. in Atlanta, yes. and we got the urban clothes. Yep. Um, we got the, we got the shoes in there now. We got the socks. We got the hats. We got everything, and we got two more locations in Miami. You know what I mean? So yep. we, we expanded, man. We doing this thing big. Got a restaurant um, that's that's on the way, man, and another club on the way, man. So, you know, I'm in a business thing now, man, with the stores, clubs, things like that, man. I'm just trying to make it to where, you know, I can have generational wealth 
and I can yep. be able to give some down to when I for when I do have kids, you know, and 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 you know, give them something from when I'm gone. Because one thing I I I do want to shed light on is when you get out of this game, and when you get out of being in the NFL, everybody don't leave this game the same way. You know, yep. I've watched players die. I've watched players be extremely messed up financially. I've watched players, you know, just be out of it. Yep. It's not an easy thing to transition. You know right. what I mean? Like you wait, you go from having a schedule, like you've been doing this thing your whole life. You go from having a schedule, this, 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 your whole life to now you're just like I'm waking up. Damn, what do I do now? Yep. You have to make you a schedule. You have to get you some business. You have to go through a routine instead of having to be at a meeting at 6 a.m. Go in a cold tub, go lift, go do this, go to this, uh, talk to this school, go to do this. Like, it's not like that anymore. And then on top of that, depending on who you are, you may lose access. Right. You, you can't just walk in the roof, Chris, and it's, you know what I mean? You just eat all that. That stuff going to cost you. Yep. You know what I mean? They, they may, if you ain't a big time player, they don't really know you like that. Man, who are you? Yeah. 79.99, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't, you don't want to lose that access. You don't want to lose that juice, that motion of not being able to do certain things and live a certain type of way. People try to, you know, people still want to live like that. I know I do. Yeah. Yep. So guess what? You got to find something to fill that void and yep. make sure you're able to still be able to eat and live that lifestyle that you want to live. So my advice is while you're in the, to these guys, man, while you're in the league, man, think about some stuff. Yeah. Don't throw all the money. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of people spending their money how they want to spend it. Cause I did it too. I was yeah. the guy that walked around with 20, 30,000 in my pocket on a Wednesday just because. Yep. Yeah, because I ain't never had no money before. But I also didn't know anything about financial literacy either. And yeah. I didn't have, you know, nobody in my ear say, hey man, you need to get ready for afterwards. Now, EJ, I have him now. Yeah. I mean, but that was after the fact. And I had intro role, which is why I have a super good 401k because yep. you know, I invested it because of him. Because he told me, hey man. This is gonna help you out after, after ball. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, um, man, to 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 piggyback, I just want guys to really think about life after football. Yeah, you know, life after football is real, man. It's real. Like it's it's so real. Like I I can't I can't explain it enough. Like yeah, man, have your fun, enjoy where you are, spend your money, whatever, whatever. But also think about in the back of your mind, man, when that thing is over, it's over. Mm. Ain't nobody gonna know you as I've seen people treat some of the biggest of big time players like they nothing. You yep. know what I mean? You walk right past you. They don't care. You ain't that person who's had an 80 yard touchdown pass. You just a civilian now. You yes. Life. You ain't you ain't worked before. You haven't worked at a desk job. You haven't uh been. You know you don't have any training. Yeah. Job. So you can't just walk in. You just have a football resume and background. They gonna look at you like okay like. That's it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Well, Charles, I want to say thanks so much, man, for just highlighting your pivotal moments in your story. I mean, what an amazing journey you've been on, and uh, the thing that I'm excited about is it's just the beginning of the next chapter. So yeah. uh, I know, you know, hey, probably in two years we'll have to have you back on and uh, highlight all the amazing pivotal things going from three stores to probably nine and one restaurant to six. I mean, whatever it is, right. I just know there's yeah. big things ahead for you, man. So uh, excited to continue to watch your uh, journey play out and uh, stay in touch, my man. Man. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate you. Hey, look, you buy one of one. Cause I ain't doing it. With nobody <laughs> like that. <laughs> you want to, hey, you the man, you the man, man. I appreciate you, my guy. All right, man.